a morning. On a long weekend, you're here. You have a front row in heaven. I said that last time I came here. I said those deacons out there when I came for the chapel service. And I said those deacons out there with the chapel service, you've got a front row in heaven serving in the house of God. Don't you love the house of God? Just coming in and just being in His presence. You guys are amazing, worship team. That was just beautiful. Um, I actually have a word for, is it okay, for Mitch and Beck? Um, when the teacher starts to prophesy, you know, God's in the house. Because <laughs> I'm like, what, Lord? I'm the teacher. I'm not the, Vicky, where are you? Vicky Simpson, come on in. But um, let's just close our eyes, church, and just, um, I had a word for Mitch and Beck. And um, two things I saw, I, um, let me just read this Philippians over you. Um, in Philippians 2, it's the Christ hymn. And the Christ hymn is this beautiful hymn of Christ humbling himself. And it says these beautiful words, therefore God, therefore God exalted him. And the first part of that Christ hymn is, is kind of like a downward projection of Christ purposefully serving, purposefully humbling himself and therefore God, and then it goes up. And um, I saw this over both of you that you have been in a long season of serving, in a long season of humbling yourself, of, of doing things that you're like, oh, okay, I, I'm doing this again. And you've had such a beautiful heart and such a beautiful spirit in those moments. You've had such a heart for the house and such a heart for your leaders that God over you, the season right now, is no longer just serving, but it's therefore God. And I wanna take the pressure off you that it's not you doing the next step. It's because of all the fruit and all of the seeds that you've sown over the last 10 years of sowing seeds into other people's ministries and other people's hearts and other people's um, lives, that that fruit is gonna start to bear in this house. And therefore God is over you. He is gonna come into this place. He's gonna bring growth. He's gonna bring increase over you. But then I saw a second section to this and um, I got the person wrong and God corrected me because that's the teacher. Um, he said, Joshua. And I said, oh, I like the guy in prison. Good Bible college teacher. And he's like, that's Joseph, Joshua. And I saw Joshua over you. And I want you to read Joshua 1 to chapter 1 to 3. And it's this new season of Joshua. Imagine what Joshua felt when after serving and serving and serving, he stepped into the call of God. He had to dress differently. He had to act differently. He had to speak differently. He had to, to step into the authority that God has for him. And I saw over both of you this new mantle of authority coming over you. And it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. It's gonna be a little bit like, oh, okay, hang on. And you are gonna have to act differently. You are gonna have to make decisions. You are gonna have to lead strong, but you are built for this. This is what you have been prepared for. This is what God is doing. And I see a great blessing over you both in Jesus. Let's just pray for them. Father God, we thank you for Mitch and Beth right now. We thank you for this house. We thank you, Lord, for this place, this beacon on a hill in Roselle. Neither can you light a lamp and put it under a bowl. I, I see this beacon on a hill. You are no longer going to be hidden. You're not going to be driven past. You're not going to be a church that they go, oh, people, it's going to be a light on a hill. And people are going to be like, man, I've heard about this place. I cannot drive past that without hearing a noise or without a spiritual sound coming out. I cannot drive down this street. You are going to be a beacon on a hill in this city. And I know sometimes, you know, the vision has wavered and it's been a little bit long, but I see the light and the lamp going on again. And I see this place being a light on a hill. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome, guys. Thanks. Have a seat. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, team.
How fun is church when teacher prophesies? That's like just weird. <laughs> um, who am I? My name's Katie. Um, I teach, yes, at C3 College, New Testament. Uh, I run a, a website called Trash Your Bible, which is helping people read their Bible book by book. Uh, I'm passionate about the Word of God. I have studied the Word of God. I'm in, currently doing my master's because I'm a sucker for punishment. Um, when I finish my degree, they're like, are you done? And I'm like, I'm not sure. I think I'll go again. Um, I speak to Ryan Kerrison. I don't know if you know Ryan. He's one of um, the teachers there. And he's like, what are you doing? And then he started doing his master's. I'm like, what are you doing? We, um, I love the house of God. I, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a, a Christian. I, I went to Sunday school. Anyone Sunday school? How good is Sunday school? My grandparents took me to Sunday school. Um, I got saved at five. So when I came into the house of God at 16, uh, for me, it was very foreign. Um, I, I, I didn't come in with my family. I didn't come in with understanding the Pentecostal way. Anyone else? You know, they raise their hands and I'm like, we're grabbing a stick up here. Like, it looked like a Holy Spirit stick up for me. I was like, why are we all raising our hands? Um, and I, I was, because I'm a dancer too, so automatically I'm like, oh, we're worshipping. And there's no, you don't dance. No, you, you can dance. It's all okay. But I love the house of God. It felt like home for me. It really, for me, it felt like, um, you know that game BAR? Do you remember that game where you, where you touched something that was safe? And when you touch that, anyone play this as a kid? Am I this? And you'd run and you'd have to touch, for example, this would be bar. And you'd have to, B-A-R, and you're safe here. And that's, that's the house of God. You come in from the world, and you come in from your lives, and you come, and it's B-A-R. You're safe here. This is your moment where you're just in the house of God, in the presence of God. So we're going to talk about build this morning. Um, I'm going to get someone to put a clock up for me, because, you know, um, oh, it's up there. I can see it. It's all good. Um, open up your Bibles to Nehemiah, and let's have a look. I love studying the Bible book by book. I, um, I'm, I'm not a jump verse by verse per, per, person. I love sitting in a book. I was talking to Pam Burrow, the principal of Bible College, and she, she said, oh, yeah, I've just spent four months in Luke. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I've just been sitting in the book of Luke and finding out what, that's how you read your Bible. Just pick a book, pick one of them, and just sit in it for however long it takes, and adventure through it, and read it, and just kind of go in. I, I, even this morning, I was reading Nehemiah, and I was like, oh, I think I need to study how long it took to build it. Oh, and, and maybe I'll study, because that's how my brain works, adventure into these books. Imagine yourself there. So let's have a look at Nehemiah. So I was um, here, and just sitting there this morning, um, just got this sense of the walls around this house. Can I prophesy over this house? Is that okay? You've got the temple of God built. And the temple of God has been built in the book of Ezra. If you know that, the book of Ezra built the temple of God. Okay, so Zerubbabel and Joshua did all the temple. So at this point in, in the story, the temple is built. The second temple is built. Um, and I feel here this morning that the, the temple is here. The house of God is here. It, it's It's done. And, and Ward and Nicole have done such an incredible job of establishing the temple and that pinnacle presence of God in this place. And then what happens is Nehemiah gets a heart for not just the temple, but the gates, the walls. And as I was praying this morning, I saw this. I saw kind of like the wall, the, the wall here came down and I could see in the spiritual realm, again, a teacher being, it must be in this Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Holy Spirit. It's just like, and so I was standing there and 
In the spirit realm, I could see around your church, but the walls were in disrepair. They were broken down because of the enemy that had come in. And the enemy had kind of torn section of your walls. Does that, does that make sense? Your protection's almost down a bit. And there's, there's sections of your walls, because we're t- going to talk about the walls. The walls and the gates are for protection of your church, and the walls and the gates are for the in, uh, influx of the community. The walls and the gates are the, how the people get into your house. The temple is about the presence of God and the ministry time and the service time, and that's what is established here. But I feel C3 Roselle, God is now getting you. This vision build is his key for you. And if it's $5 or $2, I felt that this is key. This is a key vision builders for you because you're going to, in the spiritual realm, by giving into these vision builders, build your walls. And they're going to be your gates to the community. They're going to be your protection for the house of God. No longer can the enemy come in and start wiping you out. No longer is it like left field, oh my gosh, where are we here? Right field. No, no, no. God is going to build walls around this place. And I want to show you a vision of these walls. Because we're not just talking about, you know, a little cute little gate. We are talking about massive protection around the house of God. And your vision builders this year, I feel like um, we're going to talk about next to him and building your section of the gate. Um, I also saw this, and I just wanted to clarify. Because your repairs are down, it needs, um, your walls are down, I saw angels standing in the gaps. You're not unprotected at this point. You're not unprotected because there's, you know, maybe gaps in your walls. Because I'm like, God, what about the, the, the gaps? And he's like, let me show you this. And I saw angels standing. But you know what? Those angels are standing there and now it's our time to build. Those angels are standing there and now it's our time to go, thanks so much for protecting us. Thank you so much for these walls. But you know what? It's our time to build the walls up again. I love, as I was praying over this, I love um, God showed me in his head. I, when the enemy, you know, when they went to um, the promised land and the walls came down, he said, I'm really good at bringing the walls down. He said, but I call people to build them up. He said, I can bring them down in a second when the enemy, when they need it, but it's up to us to build them up. Okay, I, let's go. Nehemiah. Can I show you these walls? Because I'm a history nerd and I have to have a PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> these are, this is what we're looking at building. Um, this is Nehemiah's walls. Now, they did this in 52 days. Somebody tried to do it late, again later in the 1500s and it took them four years. There is a specific season ordained by God when he says build. When he says, now, go, you've got to hear the voice of the Spirit and go, yep, we're in. Because 52 days under the anointing of God, it, it happened. Later, like I said, four years it took them. And this is what they built. Can you see the temple? The house of God is in the middle. And these are the, the, the gates, different gates. Can you see all the different gates? They're the two ones, horse gate, you know, you really wanted to live near the dung gate, can you imagine your address, five dung gate, you know, that's so embarrassing, but (laughs) I would rather live near the valley gate, that one sounds really nice, old city gate, if you lived in old city gates area, and this is what the big vision, see what happens is Pastor Phil and the senior pastor, the location pastors, they get the big vision, and I don't know about you, but sometimes the big vision can be a little overwhelming, Sometimes the thought of building all these walls, especially at vision builders, and you hear the, the people that are giving these massive amounts, and your, your $5 might set, seem a little bit insignificant. But can I tell you, every br- brick in these walls are significant. 
every brick, every little part. God said to me once when I, I was at a vision builders moment and they were saying, I give 100,000 and I was like, yeah. And then I give this, oh my God, anyone else? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I almost felt like, oh, I'm insignificant. I might as well not give. And God said to me really clearly, he said, look down at your seat. And I looked down at my seat and I, and I could see there was a screw in the base of my seat keeping it on the ground. And he said, how much do you reckon that costs? I'm a girl, so I'm like, five bucks, maybe? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't been to Bunnings for a while. Um, and he said, how much does that cost? I said, maybe $5. And he said, and how significant is that screw in your seat? That $5 is keeping you to the ground. It's not the amount. It's not the amount. Every, every amount is significant. Okay, let's have a look. The next one is actually what these walls look like. This is an old, this is the, um, what's that say, the Highgate. So this is what they're building. And what I want to chat to you about is this. Don't focus on the big vision if that's too much responsibility for you. Just focus on your gate. Because I'm going to talk about how they built just their gate, just their section, just your amount of vision builders. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Now you've got a vision of what we're building. Six lessons from um, building gates in Nehemiah. Number one, I'm going to go to Nehemiah chapter one. I love that Nehemiah gets a heart for the vision. Um, it says this, Nehemiah 1, 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakalei. What do you reckon? Do you reckon that's that? Do you know when I was reading this, I'm like, Lord, there are so many Jewish names in this. I'm just going to say them confidently, and I apologize if anyone is Jewish, and I butcher them Australian to death. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Haniah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. He is not in Jerusalem. He is actually in Persia. He's in exile, and he's got a heart for the house. And he says, how are they going over there? I, I heard they build the temple. How are they going? But to him, the mission wasn't complete. Some of us see buildings and go, oh, I don't need to give it vision builders. It's done. But listen to the heart of Nehemiah. It says, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Number one, get a heart for the big vision. When the vision is cast and Pastor Phil casts a vision of 20 locations and Get a heart for what he's doing. Get a heart for why the walls are significant in this church. Because then the enemy just doesn't come in and take your people. I don't know about you, but the shepherd is protective of his people. The shepherd is really, and when, when we've got little foxes coming in, taking his people, and we have the ability to build walls up so they don't, I'm in. I am in, not for myself. I'm, I'm established in the house of God. But for those ones who come in and maybe they're not, strong enough to stay in, I'm going to build. I'm a bit of a game on person. Anyone else, you know, if I see a challenge, I'm like, I'm in. I'm a policeman's daughter. So I'm like, <laughs> I've been built like that too. Um, even my sister the other day, we were laughing about something and we walked past something and um, both of us, it was something was happening, a, a brawl, a fight or something. And both of us went to go in. And my dad's like, you're girls. And I'm like, no, we need to jump in. She's a policeman as well. So, you know, that heart of a fighter, that heart of, of jumping in and doing something. And Nehemiah gets a heart, not for the, just the house of God, but for these walls. And I love it. Okay, number two see, is this. It takes action and boldness. Nehemiah is not in Jerusalem. Where is he? He's in the enemy's camp. 
And he doesn't just sit in the enemy's camp and go, well, I'm too far away or, you know, I can't be bothered. It's all, it's all the way over in Jerusalem. It's going to take, it's going to cost him his job. He's actually going to have to leave. We're going to have a look at it. It's going to cost him, he's going to have to go before the enemy's king and say, send me to Jerusalem. Some of you, it's going to be a, a cost of things to give into this. Some of you, it's going to mean that you, you, but you know what? Take the wealth of the world and put it in the house of God. I love that concept. I remember someone said to me, um, Katie, should I go to ministry or should I be in, you know, it's actually Kerry, I'm going to tell her because I'm going to dob on her. Um, should I go into this, do Bible college or should I be a financial planner? I was like, be a financial planner. Bring the money into the house of God. We've got Bible college students, and that's amazing. And if that's your call, that's incredible. But if your call is to be a financial planner or a lawyer and make the money for the house of God, how cool is that? Now, have a look at um, Nehemiah 2. This is his heart gives him boldness to take action. It starts with your heart, and it gives you boldness to take action. In the month of um, Nisan, in the 20th year of King Xerxes, so this is not a Jerusalem king, Israel king. He is from Persia. When wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. He's not a bigwig. He's not a top businessman. He's a cupbearer. Now, they were very significant in the king's life because the cupbearer had the ear of the king. And you, you can see most of the time the, the cupbearer, even in um, Joseph, the story of Joseph, the cupbearer actually gets Joseph out of prison from Pharaoh. They've got the ear to Pharaoh and the ear to the king. There's opportunities that God is going to give you in your business world where you are going to have influence in high-level positions and high-level places to bless the kingdom. So let's have a look. Um, I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when, you're, when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? He said to me, what is it you want? Imagine that moment, the wealth of Persia, and he's got this. I would be like, oh my gosh, okay, boldness. The heart that he had for the walls, that morning and fasting and the prayer time that he had gave him the boldness to ask. Then I prayed to the God of heaven. Imagine, and, and he doesn't just stop and pray. He's done that. Anyone done that? God help me mid-prayer. Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you be back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Then boldness again. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors? And then he talks about, can I have official documents? The boldness goes again. He doesn't just get sent, but he gets sent with wealth and provision. There's some of you that have businesses that yes, it's going to take a bit of a step to say we are actually going to tithe in Vision Builders. We are actually going to give this. Maybe some of your board members or you know, some of your mates don't want to, but step out. Okay, number two, focus on your gate. Sometimes the big vision can seem a little bit overwhelming, but you have a gate in front of you. And can I tell you, you have a heart for that gate. Each of us is going to be different. My heart is probably I would build C3 College because that's, that's who I am. Your heart may be C3 Cares. Your heart may be, you'll go and build the C3 Cares gate where the community can come in that way. Maybe it's another gate. Maybe it's C3 Music and you'll build into C3 TV. 
Whatever God has captured your heart in, in part of this vision, focus on that and give into that. Don't worry about the big picture. Because can I say the big picture can get overwhelming? And you're like, but I don't really care about that. But I care about this. Focus on your gate. Okay, Nehemiah 3. I love this section where it talks about um, how each one next to, next to, next to. When I was here this morning, I saw this again. And I saw the, the walls starting to be rebuilt. And I saw some of your faces actually stepping in and building certain sections of the wall around this house. But I saw this. I saw you looking at the expanse of the wall and it, there wasn't enough people. It, we, we're, we're not enough people to go around and build this wall. And then I saw as the faithful remnant just gave in to this vision builders and started their $5 and gave in, I saw next to him turn up. And I saw another family turn up. And then I saw another family turn up. But it takes the remnant to start the building. It takes, don't, don't worry about the people and how many. I saw families walking into him through the gates that you're building. And you built those gates. And it's like, oh my gosh, C3 cares, all this. You are building for a purpose. It's not just building because we want to be grand. It's building for the community out there. Let's go. I'm going to quickly go through this. Um, I'm going to really try and do these names. Elishib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. Um, oh, this is awesome. It's up there. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated and as far as the Tower of Haniel. I'm going to build, um, read it up here. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, so we're, we're next to them. And Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanay. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts. And, but can you see they've got each just their section? Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakoz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Berica, the son of Meshul, made repairs. And next to him, can you hear the next to him? Next to him. They're not looking at the big walls that they have to build. They're just building their gate. And then next to him, they're putting their $5 in. And then the next person's putting their $5 in. We're going to go down a little bit. Um, go to chapter, uh, verse 8. These aren't just the wealthy. Um, Uziel, son of Hariah, one of the goldsmiths. Now we've got the goldsmiths building the gate, repaired the next section. One of the perfume makers, maybe given $10, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem. Keep going down and then go to um, 12. Shalom, son of Halacious, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem. Don't you love vision builders? We have tradies next to Tim Foote who runs a massive business company, next to a single mum who's giving $2, next to all part of the vision, all just putting their little bit and building their gate. The thing about vision builders is this, it's not, it's not the wealthy that it's for, it's just a connection to the heart of God. It's just stepping in. Okay, really quickly, number four. Has anyone found... Um, on Vision Builders about, you know, June. Is it June now? What month is it? June. Um, your finances go haywire. We, we call it at, at C3 office Vision Builders Month. When someone comes in and goes, it's the craziest thing. I just got this massive bill. Vision Builders Month. And we all laugh because the enemy does not want you building. They don't. They want you staying on the outside, sitting on the back, going, oh, well done. They don't want you in the game. They don't want you building. So let me just show you the enemy that comes in. 
have a read of Nehemiah. It's so much fun, all these different enemies. Um, Nehemiah 2.10, and they just keep coming. When Sanballat the Haranite and Tobiah the Ammonite, same guys that took on the temple building as well, by the way. Can I say in the temple building, the enemy stopped the temple building for 60 years because of the discouragement. And it took two prophets to step in and go get it back. Some of you this morning need, need me, and I'm not a prophet, but to say, get it back. Pick it up again. Pick those tools up again. We need you. Um, they were very much disturbed that someone had to promote the welfare of the Israelites. They're not happy with the church being built or the walls being built. When Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Has anyone heard that in their head lately? What are they doing with this church? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? They brought discouragement. And if you're in this house this morning and you are discouraged in Vision Builders and June is your month that you avoid church because we keep talking about it, then go again. Be encouraged that it's not the amount, it's just the engagement. Let's go. Four, six. So we rebuilt the wall. This is their response. I love their response to the taunts. When the enemy comes against them, I always find out how they respond. And this is how they respond. So we rebuilt the wall till all it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. When you've got a heart for the house, the enemy won't matter. When you've got a heart for the house, he can come in and tell you, don't, 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 doesn't matter. 4.15, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. I love their response. These guys are coming in and they're like, you know what, this is my commitment. Can I show you some other couple of things? The enemy came against their finances. 5.1, now their men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must eat grain. So one, you're going to get a panic maybe about giving to vision builders and feeding your kids. Same thing happened back here when, when you go into a season of building, the enemy brings these things in. This is crazy. Five, three, they're talking about their mortgages way back then. We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards and our homes to get grain during the famine. A mortgage has been a burden since back then. But it didn't stop them building. I love this. 5-4, still others were saying we had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. People are people. We've all got these burdens, but step in. Lastly, number five, together their gates became walls. Open up your Bibles if you've got it to um, Nehemiah 12. This is a celebration. If you don't have a Bible, jump on your phones. Presence app has a Bible on it. How am I going for time? Five minutes, awesome. Nehemiah 12. I love this. This is when it's finished. This for me was like, when I read Nehemiah, this for me was like Vision Builders Dinner. They'd done all the enemies and they'd, they'd done it and they'd kept going and it was like Vision Builders Dinner. And this Vision Builders Dinner is the best because they have choirs on top of the walls. I'm waiting for Pastor Phil's choirs on top of the walls, please. Um, 1227, this beautiful dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. They're finished. They've paid their price and the walls are built. Why are they building these walls? So that the temple can be protected. So that the house of God can be protected. So that the enemy just can't come in and snatch away the people. The second thing is, so that the community can come through the gates. That is, these are these 12 entry gates. 
to your church that you are building. You're building entry gates. And if you don't, if they're in disarray, how are the people gonna see you? How are they gonna know how to get in? What you are giving to vision builders is you're building these entry gates to the community so you can grow and impact people for Christ, which I love. 1227, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they've finished 52 days. The Levites were sought out from where they, they lived. Hannah White was there and brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs and thanksgiving and with music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. 1231, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right to the dung gate, and the second choir came. This wall that you, these guys have been involved in building was, um, let me get this right, let me get my stats, because sometimes I, I like to exaggerate. I don't want to exaggerate here. I'm a teacher. The length of the walls is 4,000 metres. Their average height is 12 metres and their thickness is 3 metres. So at this festival moment, this is Vision Builders Dinner, they've got a choir walking around. Now imagine the pride. I would be proud and nervous that I built the wall okay because someone's standing on my wall that I built and I'm not a builder. I'd be like, Lord, let that concrete stay. Um, <laughs> I didn't have concrete back then. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they have this choir and this beautiful procession around the top on something that you built. They are celebrating. Vision Builders for me is a celebration of being a part of my tiny little rock in the wall. And I put that rock there and that rock cost me a fortune. And that rock cost me sacrifice. But my rock keeps that choir and that praise on that wall. See, that's the thing about vision builders, just my $5 a week, my $10 a week. That's my rock in this wall. And that rock builds a gate and that gate builds the whole walls and that wall protects the temple of God. It's a building together. And lastly, it's this. And this is what I love. What I am building is not just for here and now. What I am building is actually eternal. Jesus walked through these gates that they built. Jesus was at the temple that they built. They had no idea the significance. You have no idea the significance of your $5 and what that's going to build. 40 years from now, you have no idea of the generation that you are going to set up for. Your kid's blessing. They had no idea the very walls and the very temple that they were building, the Messiah would walk through. Imagine in heaven going, I built that gate. Jesus just walked through my gate. You have no idea the significance and the impact of what you are about to build. And church, I know you've been through a season of transition. And um, to be honest, I hate change hate it. Anyone else? I like my ducks in a row. Don't mess my ducks up. And I like everything comfortable. And I like things the same. When I turn up, it has to be the same because that's where I'm comfortable. I hate change. Mark Kelsey, my box, knows that he's changed his job about 50 times and he has to sit me down. Katie, we're changing. Ah, you know, the, the shock of change. And I'm, I, like, I like everything to be normal. But I serve a God who never changes. I serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My security in change is in Him. And I see a new season over this house that you have built this. And well done, guys. For those of you who've been here, you have built this temple for God. Now it's time to build your walls. Now it's time for the gates, the community to come in. 
I see a big significance with this vision builders that you are gonna press in and put your bricks in the walls so that one, protect your house and two, bring your community in. You need 12 gates on your feet. Let's just pray and then I'll pass it over to Mitch. Maybe go home and, and read Nehemiah if you want a stirring again. I've kind of done a brief overview. Father, we are so grateful for this house. We are so grateful for everything that you are doing with this place. But Lord, I pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see the next step. Open our spiritual eyes to see these walls around us. And we are so grateful, that, Lord, of the angels that are standing in the disarray of the walls at the moment. But I pray that we will be builders. And our building would be just giving our amount, standing next to Him, standing next to Him, standing, not sitting back and spectating, but putting our shoulder to, to the wheel, putting our shoulder against our shoulder against our shoulder and standing for this house. Father, we thank You for these beautiful people. Show them the heart of what You are about to do in this place, the community gates that You are gonna open, the 12 gates that You're gonna build, guys. People are gonna pour in. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, we thank Katie Hardane, what a word. It's so encouraging during this season, amen. Come on, you just lift your hands as we close this morning. Lord, I thank you. Let me pray for you.